Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. Joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Hello. Your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And Hunter, we're not sure if he's here right now. He had to rush off to do something at the house. He'll be back, like, hopefully any moment. Uh, But, friends, we have a guest uh, this week joining us from... Well, to us, the other side of the world, uh, and we are really, Frank, we really appreciate your flexibility here. Uh, joining us from uh, Zandam, Zandam, Zandamit, uh, Netherlands. Uh, Frank yeah, DeBoer, <laughs> Frank DeBoer, uh, the developer of the game we're going to be talking about tonight, Titan Outpost. Welcome, man. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We this is having you on was actually a user request, so we had like two different people ask if we could have you on. So yay, cool. you have, fan, you have fans. <laughs> nice. I'm honored. So uh, let's see. So Titan Outpost um, for folks who you don't know is uh, it's a planetary space survival thing <laughs> yeah it's right? a, it's a hybrid game yeah it's, I, I, it's like if a fallout game original fallout right one and two it, it's kind of like if a fallout game was a point and click adventure that had survival crafting that's a, and some hard science yeah i guess and base building elements it's actually a pretty good summary kind of like the martian except you're um, not growing poop <laughs> yeah is, is there any combat in the game at all or is it just against the no there there is some violence um but there's no combat mechanics <laughs> wait a minute okay you can't, just leave, you can't just leave it there what is the violence <laughs> <laughs> well well there's the um i don't want to spoil too much about about some of the story but um you get to kill people what uh in various ways you know, there is a fight um and if you develop your hacking skill um you can murder an entire base Woo! <laughs> uh, you can you know if you turn the heater off on on titan you die sure um, oh, and, um oh. yeah oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> it, 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 the game can be dark at times but <laughs> Wow, okay. I could, I could kind of see that because the game kind of has a sense of humor, but it's kind of a dark sense of humor, which I kind of like. Like, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed. I've, I've only put like an hour or so in it, but I kind of enjoyed how you can like tell your mission commander folks to kiss off. They're like, they're like, you should go to sleep. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, you should have freedom of choice to play however you want. Well, I have to admit. So, folks, it's a, it's a basically it's got uh, RPG elements and survival crafting elements, and you're uh, you kind of start off with a mystery. You're supposed to land on Titan with two people, and that doesn't go as planned. And so, you have to fix this base you find yourself in. Uh, but before you can do that, you create a character because you are a character. You're not just like it's not like kind of a city builder or anything where you're like this distant like nameless god figure you're in their base you're a per you're an avatar you have an avatar and i have to say the perk that you can get called caffeinated 
just made me <laughs> laugh and laugh and because I that is me. That is me every day. <laughs> just and, and that trade is funny. It's funny. And, and you start it, off with more coffee too. That's right. But it, it looked like if you don't grow enough coffee, you start getting uh you start feeling it. Is did I read that right? Like if you don't have the coffee, do you, does it affect your character? Uh, yeah. Well at its core it's 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 an RPG, so everything is centered around the character system. <laughs> and if you uh you have a fatigue level and everything. Right. And if you don't if you don't sleep um, for a while, your fatigue level rises, and then your character gets gets uh, debuffed, so to speak. So your so your stats uh, decrease. Uh, you can temporarily relieve that debuff by drinking coffee. <laughs> However, um, if you run out of coffee and you you get decaffeinated, your fatigue level is back with an extra debuff. <laughs> so as long as you're uh, as long as you remain caffeinated, there's no problem. But as with any and, drug, there's a drawback. And that's tricky because, um, at least in the early game that I've played, power is at such a premium. Like, well, you barely have enough power to run. You can't run everything. And more often than yes. not, um, so folks, this base has several um, things like a research center and a construction and communications, all the things you'd think you'd find in a base, but you only have so much power. And so sometimes you have to turn some things off to power other things. And more often than not, I seem to be turning off hydroponics in order to power <laughs> on, in order to power on, um, uh, like the construction, uh, bot so I can finish building something, but you can't do that all the time or else your food will start to go bad. Exactly. So this is not yeah, a relaxed, sorry, go ahead. The the um, cycling power systems was kind of inspired by uh, by faster than light. Mm. Uh, I can game. see that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you really have to be careful about it. But as you progress through the game and you you upgrade your generator and you find more plutonium, then uh, it's not so bad. But at first, you uh, you really need to micromanage your generator and power yeah. usage. You really can't relax. But I have to admit. I really I love this one um I love this one thing you've put in the game where like if something's being built or if something needs to recharge or whatever you can f quote unquote fast forward to that being done by quote unquote working until it's finished which I have to say I really like that's it's a nice way to respect my time Yes yes well it's it's a hard sci-fi game so it's stuff takes time there's no magic in the game or no no technology uh you know so advanced as to be indistinguishable from magic you know as uh i don't know if you're familiar with the science fiction most scale of science oh, yes. fiction hardness yes um but if you have hard sci-fi you can't just compress time and say hey um building a base module takes a couple of hours you know it it takes uh, weeks so um as a player, waiting weeks would be tremendously boring. So, um, yeah, the, you can advance time. Of course, your character will feel it if you don't sleep. <laughs> right. Well, when you do that, will your character sleep or will he just keep going and going and going and going? That's a checkbox. You can check uh, sleep when tired. Oh, I must, have, I must have not seen that. That's clever. That's, that's... Well, it's checked by default. 
the oh. check is there by default so yeah. that you're not going to uh, work yourself into exhaustion on your first day. Of course, you, you can if you really want to. Not that it's a smart <laughs> idea. It can, it can be useful if you're in a pickle. True. So when did you start working on this thing? How long ago? Um, uh, I started working full time on it in 2016, and oh. uh, before that, I uh, I planned it out. And um, uh, I don't know how many years pre production took, but you know, that was on the side, so I, I can't really tell. But I've been, I've been working full time on this since uh, 2016 January. Now I I have to admit, and it it feels very polished. I I know it's not early access anymore, but I, I it feels very polished. But I have to admit, I am not a fan of survival games, um, because like if I want to survive and worry about my hunger and stuff, I'll just wake up in the morning. That's my philosophy. Like I don't want to do that in a video <laughs> game. You know what I mean? But your game, like, it's not so in your face. It's not so annoying as some other survival games that just really shove it in your eyeballs, which I really appreciate. It's not like a roguelike where it's like, take 10 more steps and then you're dead. And you know, so well, no, like, I'm, th- I'm thinking of like, your- yeah, I'm thinking of like, don't starve or, um, what's or, 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 or anything with sort of like Art serious seven days or. Anything. Yeah. Well, it's like, Oh, you moved, uh, you moved half a, you moved a few feet. You better have a strawberry or something, or you're gonna start feeling it. It's like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't got to the dinosaurs yet, have you? <laughs> in 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 Spoiler. what? <laughs> well, where and do you the, think the dinosaurs went? I mean, oh, they okay. all moved to Titan. No, there's oh. there's no aliens either. I'm I, I will, I'm willing to spoil that. But yeah, no survival isn't the core uh, core uh, aspect. You know, it's just one of the uh, the elements. So, you know that you need to move the the story along and everything. So, so would you say uh, the story I, is the core aspect then? I, I have a really hard time figuring out what the core aspect is. I think it's the RPG core <laughs> and the story, and then everything mm. is tied to that. Um, but the base building is is so such a huge part of the game that it might as well be. You know. It's got, I think it's got like five, five, four distinct core elements, basically. Okay. Yeah. I, I, really I, like I to, couldn't really pick one. That's fair. I really like to say, I have to say, I like the way the base was built and everything. It, fe- it felt like hard sci-fi. It felt like something out of more your alien or your, your Blade Runner, your kind of not so magical Star Trek-y sci-fi, uh, which yeah, when, I really like. When, when you're building the base, can you screw it up, or is it pretty much guided? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, because I, I was just thinking, like, you know, you get the resources, you you build something, but you kind of put it in the wrong place, and then it's like, well... I did yeah, that in my... Was... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you can. You, there, uh, the early game is a, is a bit unforgiving. However, if you run out of food, uh, um, when the first shipment arrives, you can actually buy food. Now, depending on what your character stats are, if you have low negotiation skill, that'll cost you a pretty penny. Um, actually, the first shipment is free because it's on consignment from the from the, the people you're working for. 
mm. in the game. So, so that's uh, that's also to 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 ease you into the game uh, if you if you mess up by building the wrong thing. So essentially, you can't really build the wrong thing, but if you if you have a character that wouldn't be able to get food elsewhere and you don't build a hydroponics bay, um, then you're essentially screwed. But there's always ways out of that. And um, because some players were having trouble with that and found it too unforgiving, I added the option to ignore food. It's in the gameplay options. Oh, really? Uh, it's basically... Yeah, start the game. Yeah, oh. it's the easy mode. Uh, yeah, the game doesn't mind you screwing up. I screwed up early on when um, you're putting that thing in um, it's some kind of pump in the, in the ocean nearby, and you have to connect the tubes. And I put the, yeah, yeah, and I put the wrong tube in the wrong place, and I couldn't get it out. I was like, oh no, and I couldn't build any more spare parts. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh yes, you can screw that up. Then you yes. uh, well, you can you can. Um, you can place other parts over the uh, the parts you placed earlier. Oh, you it can. It takes a lot of time. You oh. you have to backtrack. Oh. The way back to the outpost, build new parts, and uh... oh, ram it. <laughs> oh, it. It's not an end game. Uh, you you didn't uh, really uh, lock yourself into a corner, but you. Uh, you will have to backtrack if you did that. I, I kind of like how the game, like, well, it kind of is, it, it's emblematic of how the game kind of holds your hand, but still doesn't hold your hand. It's like, like, well, if you want to put your finger in that electrical socket, uh, I mean, <laughs> all yeah, right. Like I said, I want, I want, I want freedom. <laughs> I think freedom in games is pretty important up to a certain extent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have the, your, your AI uh, to help you out. Uh, IPMS. I think you call it. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that, that didn't really start out uh, as a joke, but um, when I uh, wrote the speech synthesizer that does the voice for the um, the game is fully uh, fully voiced, but the the AI is a synthesizer, and it was kind of a cranky woman, which wasn't really the uh, the intention at first because it's an AI. Right. Uh, but then I just uh, I went with it. No, it was it was pretty funny. No, I mean, it's it's okay. I think even in a hard sci-fi game, it's good to have a little bit of humor. You know, you got to have a little bit of levity. I think. Yes, and and things like these actually happen. And I mean, uh, Hal doesn't sound very friendly either. Oh, that's true. True. It's very polite. <laughs> it's it's a very menacing type of politeness. Very yes. <laughs> ominous. Very out. Like, what are you really thinking, Hal? Don't worry about it. <laughs> what was that game? Was it Observer, where you play as the AI? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think I that was kind of a neat twist on that. Also, a puzzle solving kind of thing. It's kind of like uh, Deliver Us the Moon, but not obnoxious. I know the people who uh, who, wrote, uh, who might uh, Deliver Us the Moon. I've not so played I'm, that one. It's more of a, like a short movie. It's two and a half hours or something. Oh, really? It's gorgeous. Huh. Are you, were you saying um, them or, or what? I know the people uh, who made it. Oh, cool. 
it was like actually some, uh, some of the puzzle stuff early on in that thing it was like yeah once i figured it out it's cool but i wonder how many people actually just like gave up at the whole um like the power cylinder thing trying to just get into the um like the first station that you get to because you have it, it's kind of a kind of a hokey pokey like pull the pull the power out stick the power in and you and you have to do the right sequence to get the door open that's and what it's all like, about i know this is easy yet i have been staring at it for an hour why <laughs> So that's why I say it was kind of obnoxious. Yeah, that's what puzzle games do, you know? Oh, yeah. Reminded me of Myst and stuff. I just <sighs> wasn't expecting something that, that was... Like, once you get it, it's like, how could I have possibly missed that? But, yeah, at, at the beginning, I was I was just kind of stumped. I was like, man, that's a rough one to hit somebody with as, as, like, puzzle number one, other than just find the switch and flip it, which it had been up to that point. But yeah, yeah. But to be fair, you know, any game that that has, you know, determining a difficulty curve or anything is, is difficult. Um, even more so for for Titan Outpost because uh, it branches out and you can do pretty much everything, anything you want. So, um, I if you go out and you die immediately, um, yeah, you you can't really. Uh, so so how do you some pull- things that seem obvious when you. Sorry, God. I don't. I'm not hearing you anymore. Oh no, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's that's one of the downsides of not having cameras. It's very easy to interrupt each other. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. I had a question, but you can finish your thought if possible. I just did, I'm sorry. No, I I just uh, I I think I had a little uh, little hiccup there. Just oh, yeah. Back. Discord's been weird today, folks. Discord has been weird. Um, so my question is, because the player can basically do, well, not whatever, but a lot of whatever, they have a lot of freedom, like you said. How do you plot out a story? Because this is very narrative-driven. Clearly, there's a story here. Um, how do you plot out a story and still have that much, like, and still give the player that much freedom? Do you just outline it? Uh, yeah, you- I had a... Uh, th- I had certain story beats outlined, and um, from that, I just spent a lot, and I do mean a lot of time, just thinking of ways. You know, um, I don't know how familiar you are with RPGs, but I just pretended to be a dungeon master with my players do here. That's, that's and, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, because with a, with a pen and paper role-playing game, you, you can't fully plot out anything, because like... The first time I was ever a DM, I'm like, everything depends on the players going right. And I'm going to have this huge story with the players going right. It's going to be intricate and involved and amazing. They all went left. Like, oh, God. That's when that happens. <laughs> and then- <laughs> What was that? Yes. That's when you kill one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, like, it's... Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking because, like, you can't, you know, stringently plot out every little thing when you have a lo- when you give the player a lot of freedom. You gotta you gotta be on your toes, but still stay within the um, the outline that you have presented. And uh, so yes. far, I, so I've played for like an hour or so, and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Like, 
Yeah, people have been finishing it in about 20 hours. That's um, pretty good. Pretty good for a narrative-driven game. Do you track how many yeah, times but, people die? <laughs> how many times people... Yeah, Steam achievements are easy to track, so... Um, because oh, okay. I was just um, yeah, stop. Like, what's it, the average number of deaths on somebody that completes the thing? Every everybody yeah. dies uh, by freezing at some point, uh, oh. but the average number is just just two actually. Oh, tw- people uh, die twice. Surprisingly low. Yeah, huh. but I think the first time sends a warning, and <laughs> you know, don't do like, this again. No, no, yes. the game plays for keep. Like well, well yeah, the first the first time I froze, it's because I was doing that that very same puzzle bar I was talking about earlier. And I didn't see how much time was required to do each step. So I didn't see it ticking down. And then I, I just kept on doing the puzzle because I thought, well, this is what needs to happen. I didn't know I was taking up 28 minutes of my oxygen every time I did it. Yeah. Yeah, that almost happened yeah. to me. That almost happened to me. I was doing that thing, and I got the buzzer. I'm like, oh, God. And I ran back to the, <laughs> the, uh, that, uh, the rover. That all depends on your on your character skill, too. If your construction skill is higher, that all goes faster. And if you build a toolkit and bring that with you, it goes faster. Oh, wow. Uh, you can take a while longer to, to do that stuff. It's all based around your character. So if your character sucks at doing these things... Um, you can just, uh, after you hook up that pump, you can go back to the base and never hook up another pump and play that way. The game allows you to do that. You can ditch the entire methane business if you, if you want. Um, which is, you know, one of the things that I try to do in, in, in terms of giving you freedom is I it, uh, there's five different story branches and different factions you can work for, and you can just ignore the methane stuff and focus on base building. There's ten different endings and everything. Uh, it's it's oh. kind of daunting looking back on it, how, how I wrote everything, but it's there. <laughs> Not oxygen, by the way. It's um, it's just a, the battery of the suit. There's also oxygen in there, but it's mostly the battery of the suit keeping you warm. Right. I mean, I noticed that as soon as that happened, and I realized what was going on, I would do a couple of steps and then run back and then recharge at the rover. And then I was able to complete that that step. Yes, but that is a bit tedious, and it takes a lot of time. So if that's that means your character isn't very good at it. And you, uh, when you level up, you can make you can improve your character for doing that, or you can just uh, not hook any more pumps and focus on something else in the game. It all depends on how you want to play it. Yeah, that's true. I, I did notice that there is sort of that uh, the first required beat that there's a that there is a shipment that has to happen in five days yes. and then what i noticed at least when i was trying i got in a couple of hours with the game so far but what i noticed was they'll give you all these objectives you can ask for more objectives but if you have no idea what you're supposed to do in order to complete those objectives uh, in, in one case, I happened to take the rover out and explore a bit, and then it broke down, and I didn't have spare parts, and I didn't have the oh, no. skills necessary to repair it. Oh, so no. that run was over. <laughs> oh, no, no, it no. wasn't. You, you can, um, 
there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. You could um you could have talked to um to the um if you go to the comms panel in the rover, you can uh, contact Mission Command and they'll give you a few hints, or you can talk to the AI. That that is true. Although in this case, I had comms off at the base, uh, and well, so the yeah that that was my fault. <laughs> I I went oh, in there blind and so if uh, comms were yes, able to do that, it. That didn't... So if you can talk to the AI sorry. and um, sorry. No, if comms are off at the base, that's they're off at the rover too, because it relays through the base. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But the AI still would have given you some hints. Yes, and actually, you can send out a distress signal through the AI. Oh. And that well, way you could get you get billed out by uh, by well, you have to find out yourself, but you can you can there's you can't get stuck there. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Wait. I mean, another thing that I do like about this game, and it it harkens again to the Martian. I'm, I keep I kept thinking about the Martian as I was playing this, which is a good thing because I love the Martian. Um, it at least for the time I played, it really makes you the 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 feeling of loneliness of being alone solely by yourself on this maybe entire planet is so pal- palatable while you're playing this. Like it, 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 you can, f- you feel it like in your bones, how lonely you are. And I Thank thought you. that was, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. I was wondering if Thanks. it was yeah, going to turn into moon at some point where, you're Oh God. Well, oh, and then no. you discover like, Oh wait, oh. I found my clone in the, what the hell is going on? Uh, there, well, there, is, no there is. Was that going on? That uh, that's more than meets the eye. Um, and you're not entirely alone. There is a Chinese presence. Oh, alone that's at true. The there are the other factions. Um, a sense of loneliness is. Um, uh, you know, I wrote. Uh, you can even talk to the robot. You know, to keep you company. Oh, I did uh, I love how the little. By, uh... No, good. I I I love the little construction robot and how it like, <laughs> like well, like not. It's like kind of kind of R two D two ish, in how it can communicate with you, uh, which I thought was adorable. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, of course the inspiration R two D two and um, the um, the movie Silent Running. Which is about a, a you know I don't know if you know it but it's a uh, it's a seventies movie where the last um, remaining plants are put on three biodomes on a huge spaceship and then they decide to uh, uh, abandon that project of preserving the last uh, last species of plants uh, in existence basically. And one guy uh, goes nuts and kills everyone else to preserve the plants. And he's, uh, he's left on the ship with three robots. And that was another inspiration for it. Yeah, yeah those robots. It's a really good movie. Those robots were really interesting. Um, so I guess what they, what they ended up doing was they had amputees that would be able to fit in the robot suits. And they had hmm. to like walk on their hands. But they got people that didn't have legs. And that's the only way they could get them in the suit. So... 
as kind What's of a, called? an interesting weirdness of that movie. Silent Running. It's uh, I don't know if it's one of Bruce Dern's first movies, but it, I think it was like his his first like big thing. Nineteen seventy two. Yeah, it's a classic. I've never seen it. I will add it to my list on. Uh... Yeah, I really liked the ship that was in it, the Valley Forge, because um, it, it was basically agro. Take the Discovery from two thousand one, and then stick uh, agriculture domes all over the outside. <laughs> yeah. It was basically- yeah. <clears throat> and so it's just this guy and three robots. Basically. After he murders his uh, colleagues. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. I need a velvet. I need a velvet painting of the robots playing poker. That in, it'd be like the dogs playing poker, except it's the three. Ro- I don't, right. I don't know if that terrible painting has made its way to the Netherlands, but so I'm going to have to track that. Oh yeah. Down. I know. I know the painting. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Someone should make that happen. Robots. I have to track that down. That sounds like my kind of jam. Totally. 70s sci-fi is such a weird thing, though. <laughs> well, it's got that retro future shit going on. Yeah. Like yeah. Alien, right? Where it's like, yeah, man, this is the future with our CRT black and white. With, with, with our Commodore pet computers. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it what I um what I went for with the aesthetics of the game. You know, everything is brown and orange and uh and very Exactly. Exactly. I was uh, I, now I have to I have to express some displeasure at a uh-oh. particular movie. It was Space Station seventy six. That movie had such potential. Oh, is that the one but, that came out a few years ago that no one yeah, cared about ultimately? Yeah. It had uh Liv Tyler, Tyler and, and a bunch Paul of people. Rudd. The the story was kind of cute, but it wasn't great. And it could have been such a an homage to like all the seventies trash sci fi stuff, you know, the Buck Rogersy whatever. And it, it, I don't know, they just kind of missed it. But one of the interesting things in there was they had a uh, it was an old Tomy robot, and that was actually it, it was like a remote control robot that I very much remember from when I was a kid. And uh, that was actually her psychologist. Like whenever people go talk to the shrink because they were starting to get like space madness. Right. And yeah, they would go sit and talk to this toy robot. (laughs) That movie, that movie was some, some sort of messed up, but some, (laughs) some things were pretty funny. But I, I did the set design aesthetically. It just what you said about it, like reminded me of that because it was like lava lamps and orange shag carpet and you know the egg <laughs> chairs, and it it was straight up 1976. Like whoever did the set designs was perfect. Uh, unfortunately, the script not. Great. <laughs> but it's worth watching. Just watch it with the audio off, and you're good. <laughs> oh no. I think I'd seen that one. I should. I think I'd rather watch. Yeah. By the way, if you if you pan out to to one of the bunk beds in the game, you can. uh, There's a lava lamp there. So what? Oh, (laughs) badass! I didn't see that at all. That's great. In the game, is there a space toilet? Because that's a thing around here. Like you can't have authenticity. Are there seashells related to the toilet? Oh god! You build um, a living room module or a dormitory. You can see. um, um, 
a little um, shower curtain with a 70s pattern on it <laughs> and a, a toilet. So I ran into a I, I ran into an issue where I was supposed to build some stuff underground, but I could not figure out how. Are you supposed to carve out the area before you build something? Or are you supposed to? Because I was I had the ability to build it, but like when I would try to build it, nothing would happen. So I'm not sure what I'm missing. If you go to the inside builder on the on the construction panel. Yeah. You first need to melt, melt, excavate. You know, it's it's the same thing in in this case. Um, oh, is that uh, what that's room. about? Oh, and then yeah, you can build that. the module. Oh, so you gotta you gotta excavate and okay, I missed that step. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. You can't just build stuff out of nowhere. This isn't Dungeon Keeper. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna drop this in the in the stream chat. Right, I have a couple of pictures. I'm gonna just drop in there. Oh, but yeah, well, even with Dungeon Keeper, you're right. You had to carve out the room before you could place down the tiles for the room. God, you're right. Oh. Okay, exactly. Okay, I'm an idiot, <laughs> but I'm a well-known idiot. Oh, is that the uh, Space Station yeah, 76 from that movie? Wow, dude, the set design was the bomb. Brilliant. Those look like oh. Let's look like what's that guy's name? Ralph Quarry, 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 Macquarie. Yeah, they look like like concept photos of his. <laughs> that is great. I wouldn't be surprised if they are. There's there's the doctor. Yeah, the robot is the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that looks uh, like space 1999. Yeah, there there are some oh, places in here that are. You know, it's it's like there's pieces of the set that are every show from them, <laughs> which is great. They even have like an homage to Quark in there of all things. And I was oh god, like, Quark! Wow, it's like I'm With- I am the one person that noticed that, and you know, but it's With like okay, Benjamin X Robert did it. What was his me. name? What was that yeah, guy's Robert name? Benjamin. Robert Benjamin. Yeah, God, what a stupid show! Great show, but stupid, so stupid. Oh my god. Yeah, that looks great. Did you have this kind of stuff in mind when you adapted your look for Titan Outpost? The kind of 70s? Uh, yeah, b- very much so. I just, uh, you know, every 70s sci fi movie I ever watched made it into the game in some form or <laughs> another. But mostly based on novels, though, like, the, uh, like Robert Heinlein and, and uh, Clark and, and Stanislaw Lem. Lem, uh, you know the loneliness and everything, and the going nuts is, is Solaris basically. I haven't as well seen as Sol- I haven't seen Solaris, but um, I know of it. I hear that's great. Don't watch the new movie; just watch the Tarkovsky the cl- one. Yeah, the classic yeah, the, one. That's what I've been told. Is don't wait, don't the bother one was watching. Terrible, but the the first one it it had the mood much more correct because like audiences were a little more patient back. That said, neither of the movies have anything to do with the book, which is, you know, to me, good science fiction is all about ideas. Mm-hmm. And the book is, is basically this, this philosophical treatise on what a living planet would be like. And the movies, neither of the movies have anything to do with that. They're just about the, this guy and his, and, his, and his visions of a lost love. Who which is the fine. Book? They're good movies, but. 
Who wrote the book? Do you remember? Hey, uh, Stanislav uh, Lem, a uh, Polish uh, author. Oh, okay. Oh, he wrote more... a lot because, but Go ahead. It was behind the Iron Curtain, of course. So, oh yeah, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness. I mean, can you imagine if the Witcher novels were behind the Iron Curtain? Yeah. <laughs> That would suck for a lot of people. <laughs> so, so there are other factions on Titan. I haven't run into any of them yet. But it, at least in the beginning of the game, it looks like you're not only there to survive, but to solve a mystery. Is that the core element? Is that like the core narrative tenet of the game? Is a is a mystery? Um. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Yes and no. There's. It depends on how you play it. There's. There's. Oh. I. I'd like to say there are ten distinct endings, but it's more like. Holy crap! Like five distinct endings with some more branches, and and every ending has its own narrative arc, so to speak. So, um, it depends. The mystery leads to one ending. Oh, okay. But there are multiple endings. So, so is that because you want to encourage multiple playthroughs? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, your character build also determines what you can and can't do. Nothing is really, oh. you know, there is no content gating as as insofar you, that you you absolutely can't do stuff. Um, it's entirely it based does, on your character. You know, it's it entirely based on your character, basically what they can and can't do. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and how you develop develop that character. Of course, your actions through the game you you can you can level up. And there okay. is probably a way to have you know like a save game where you can almost get all the endings right before if you really power game. Oh jeez, <laughs> you min max if you min max your gameplay, you can you yeah, try and probably. Go, like- Oh gosh! I didn't. N- nobody's tried it yet, but I'm sure it's possible. Sounds like work more than fun. Really, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. Much more fun to just play it again. Yeah, like, like right now, I'm I'm still building the base, but I want to find out what happened to your pod mate. Like, what? What the heck? I I really want to want to know There's what happened. A- to- Odds are you'll never find out. <laughs> oh no, that guy back on the they home base. Will. That guy back in the home base is—he's he's so heartbroken by by her disappearance. Should have told her how he felt, <laughs> or maybe he did. Yeah, that, I just that, don't know. <laughs> uh, it'll lead somewhere. Oh, good. That's uh, that's also a mystery. You know, it's it's um. At a certain point, if you do all, if you uncover all the mysteries, it might seem a little Dune-ish in the sense that it's all plans within plans. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, at some point, I, I thought I went a little overboard with that. Um, but there are also a couple of characters you might think are are you, you, that you really cannot trust, and one of them is actually very trustworthy. So that's sort of the counterbalance to that. So how many characters are in the game? I mean, I've already met like um, three. There's a cast of 18 characters. 
Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's 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 um, I uh, I I kept it. You know, for an RPG, that's not that's not a lot, but I wanted to keep it to a minimum for a couple of reasons. Um, to focus on on having actual characters with with, with some depth, you know, yeah. and to um, Turian system. How many people are there going to be? I mean, they're all voiced, right? Two. <laughs> yeah. If they're all voiced, yeah, you you, you can't have like. Dozens and dozens and dozens of characters. That makes sense. But yeah, you also want them to have some, like you said, depth to them. Why am I interacting with this person? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. So, have you ever played uh, System Event Zero? Uh, never even heard of it. I've never even heard of it. What really? is it called? It's System Event Zero. And it's a it's a similarly toned game, although the actual gameplay is very different. But it's um it's like imagine System Shock if it was just you and the ship and Shodan and there was nothing trying to kill you, but you you could die, right? Like you, you know, you get in your spacesuit, you go out in space, you can die. Um, but it's it's a lot of puzzle solving stuff. And there's oh, I own this. and you're trying to yeah, and you're trying to figure out like what you know. There's this this big fancy space yacht, and obviously some bad things happened on it. And you're trying to figure out what. And the ship's computer has has taken some damage, right? And it's a little bit nuts. So hmm. the game plays on your expectations of like every piece of sci-fi that has an AI on the ship. Obviously, at some point, this AI is going to try to kill me. And the expectations are very different than what actually hmm. plays out. And I won't spoil that, but it's, it's I'm gonna interesting. Add, I'm going to add this to my stream list because I just streamed a similar game that reminded me of called Stardrop, which is also yeah, like the walk, walk. It is. It's station. kind of that. Yeah, it's kind of got that thing. What, what's really amazing about Event Zero, though, is when you interact with the computer, it is a retro ass computer terminal, like being at a TRS eighty, right? And Ooh. they they put like the typing sound in of like the the super clunky mechanical keyboards of the seventies, right? <laughs> Yay. Had that sound, and because you can't you can't just click on things to ask the computer questions or tell it to do things, you actually have to talk to it. And the uh, it turns into it, imagine like System Shock, but every time you have to talk to the computer, it turns into a text adventure on the screen. Mm. And you're trying to figure out like how how do you get the damn computer to do what you want? And uh, the the parser that they did for this thing, it it just it's great. I mean, it blows away like even the old Infocom stuff that was that was like top notch for its time. They just for this thing not being primarily a text adventure, it is probably the most badass parser I've ever seen. And then when the when the computer talks back to you, it kind of does it in a synthesized voice, but it's messed up because the computer's broken. And the effect that they do for that is just spot on. Like it's everything about 
interacting with that computer is the joy of that game. Hmm. But well, it yeah. just kind of puts me in mind, you know, it's, it's similar to Titan where it, it's like you're alone. You're trying to deal, you know, like the computer is your only friend. Right. And it, it, even at the beginning of Titan, I was just like, Oh, there's an AI. When's that going to try to kill me? <laughs> And so it kind of made me think of Event Zero, like, immediately. Yeah, I kind of like the AI in this game. This, she, I'm just going to say she, a bit sassy. No, and I enjoyed that. Enjoy a little bit of sass. <laughs> like, um... Well, I, show- I just think it's the howl expectation, right? It's like... Ever since 2001, any AI, you know, you don't bring an AI on stage unless you're going to kill somebody with it by the end. I don't know, man. There, it's like, the, ever, it's like, uh, what's his name's rule about the gun, right? It's, uh, Chekhov. Chekhov's rule. Chekhov, like, don't yeah. bring a gun on stage unless you're going to shoot somebody. It's like, I don't if know, the man. AI shoots up, somebody going to die. Um, have you ever seen the show Killjoys? That 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 show had a great AI, AI for uh, its hero ship. Really, just a fun, fun AI. I'll have to look that one up. I, it, it might be a thing that I've seen. I just don't remember it. So, it it's five seasons. It was on the Sci Fi Channel. I'm about halfway through it. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Kind of Firefly, in in its in its not too don't take it too seriously. That yeah. thing, very enjoyable. <clears throat> Well, that's cool. So, so what kind of games did you play that led to this? And and is this like how many games have you developed before? Because this doesn't look like somebody's first game. Oh, you're you're cutting out on us. Uh oh. On something that I shouldn't have turned on. All right, you're good now. because I. <laughs> all right, um, I, I I'll tap to check out the uh, the event zero thing, and that was a bad idea. Looks did cool hear, though. Did you hear the um, question? I heard the question. Um, okay. How many games did I develop before this? Um. um seriously, like uh, as a serious game zero, but. Um, I mean, the first game I wrote was when I was 12 on my um, TI-83 um, uh, calculator. It was a vertically scrolling shooter. Oh, wow. And, it, and, and my math teacher um, deleted that. Huh, what? A couple of, couple of weeks of work, but he had one of those um, mass uh, uh, deletion tools that teachers got for, the, for those things to... Oh to, man! You know, <laughs> remove any programs before an exam, and then that—that that was the end of that game. And I—I kind of dabbled in in stuff. You know, I, I studied computer science, and then I always played. You know, did some mods here and there, but I became a professional musician after a while, and then I programming, and then got back into it, and. It wasn't until um, 2016, actually, that my um, I got a baby girl, and I found myself uh, being unable to tour as a musician. And um, 
I was, as you can imagine, an infant is a handful, but when it's asleep, it's asleep, and that's uh, most of the day. <laughs> so I find myself with uh, with uh, a lot of time on my hands, and my uh, I was up on my reading list, and my the, the games I wanted to play I had already played, and I had this idea that I wanted to uh, to make this game. I had it for years, and I've been work working on it for years, and you know designing it and um you know i figured i have all the skills i'm, I'm gonna try it and i downloaded unity and within a month i had a working prototype and um that i uh wanted to work on it full time for a bit and then my bass player also had a kid so we decided not to tour that season so i spent the whole year working full time on it hmm. and i kept doing that until it was finished so yeah, thank you for uh, for that compliment. But it is my first game. Oh, cool. Wow! Yeah, to go to go from like never having touched Unity to having you know like a a three D isometric environment to walk around in and inside of a month is pretty good. So I guess I guess you had a little C sharp going on beforehand. Yeah, yeah, I did. I have a computer science degree, you know, before I became a musician. So I, I have plenty of programming experience. The only thing I did not have was uh, was art experience. You know, I've done graphic design plenty, but I had no idea how to 3D model. I downloaded Blender and taught myself. Um, and I was kind of insecure about that at first, so I commissioned some models and, and downloaded some assets. And um, some of that is still in the game, but after a while, when I got the hang of it, most of it I did myself too, so. That's this is a really impressive first outing then because it looks great. It's got you know, got great yeah, atmosphere, so great writing. Did you like cook the entire story or did you have like a framework and then it kind of like fleshed out as you were also building the code, or was it like you you knew exactly what needed to go on? Now you just got to figure out how to get it on the screen. Um, the story was was mostly um there uh, although a lot of details i i um i added along the way um and some of the characters were more fleshed out when i wrote them and being um you know i, I wanted to innovate dialogue in, in rpgs so it's got this negotiation system that is kind of intricate and that was really tough to write for because you have instead of it dialogue tree with a bunch of responses and answers um you have lines just just to get to one goal um that was i had to plan all that out just not to not to overreach and i think i still overreached because you know it, it was uh i had I think I worked like twelve to fourteen hour days on this for for a while. I had a lot of fun doing it, but looking back, some of it was kind of grueling, right? And uh, in a fugue state or something. So yeah, planned as <laughs> not flat. So the, the way the dialogue is structured, can you can you basically deny yourself part of the conversation tree based on an answer, like? You know, if you if you say this, then you're just not going to see those other options. Kind of. Yes, yes, and um, you have a uh, leverage. Um, 
basically you can you can gather dirt on a character and that you can use it against them um the hacking skill uh, comes in handy for that um you can bribe characters you can you can use a, uh, a charm line which is determined by a character's charisma and the character has every npc has a relation value to you and um that also determines what lines you might not be able to say and it's it's very complex it's easy to understand as a player um what's going on um but under the hood there's a lot of stuff going on to to basically simulate um a conversation because i i figured when people are talking and you know there's always someone who wants something out of the conversation so i i determined you have a goal and you can select the goal and based on that you get different options for 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 navigating through that conversation it's every line has a risk or value and a reward value it's basically um you know a game the game doesn't have combat so something like that needs to be more involved to basically replace not having combat yeah but that's that's, that's kind of cool though because you know it's it's like um monkey island right where you you had uh, mm-hmm. basically the combat was all like word duels as well but uh, very different but kind of a similar and rubber you are glue yeah or what is that what is that uh, gate what is that uh insult game that we played a little while ago spaz oh sir the insult simulator yes <laughs> That exists. Wow. Yes. Yes, yeah, it does. It's, it's very, very and fun. It, and it's funny. great. It's great. <laughs> so great. Because <laughs> you basically craft insults. Uh, so great. <laughs> and it's timed as well. So you have to make the correct structure of um, one example is your father is your house and farted on you. Oh God! Who writes this stuff? <laughs> it actually has to follow uh, the the uh, the correct syntax, and if you mess it up, then you get no points for your insult. Wow! See, that gives me an idea. We could they could do like cards against humanity as a combat system in an RPG. It'd just be like I have to offend this guy more than he offends me. Yeah, that could man. work. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I think it's about time to... I'm, I'm kind of running out of questions and steam. What do you guys think? I'm thinking about wrapping it up. Sound okay to you? Yeah, I think we've been pretty much around it. All right. Well... Uh, I think everybody just needs to play it at this point. Yeah, guys. <laughs> it's, too much and we give it away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's, have a cold. Yeah, so, so do I. Uh... Guys, it's Titan Outpost. It's on Steam. It's twenty four ninety nine. It's very narrative driven. Plus, it's got RPG. It's 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 a mix of narrative RPG with some survival crafting stuff. And I can't usually can't stand survival crafting stuff, but even I like this. So, if that tells you anything, <laughs> um, uh, thanks. Oh, there's there's by the way, there's something. Um, um, if you uh, go to the the orbital navigation thing, you know, um, 
yeah, when you go to space in the game, basically, you can view all the moons of Saturn. Right. Seen that? Um, if you pass the time when you're in there, all the moons move. Oh. And they're in the correct position for that time. Oh, yeah, I Lord. saw there was an option to make the moons realistic size or like bigger so they're easier to see. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. So I was wondering like how, how much the positioning of the moons actually are a gameplay. They're, they're way too accurate. I, I spent too much time on that and nobody's going to notice, that, which is why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is great. That is really freaking great. Uh, so folks, again, the game is Titan Outpost. Uh, even after a little bit of playing it, it's it's really something interesting because it's got a it's so far it's got a great story, good writing, um, solid gameplay. Uh, it, it it just it's really well put together. And it's definitely something you should definitely keep an eye on. Um, so, do you have a soundtrack? Because there's a soundtrack sale going on right now. Do you have a soundtrack to go along with it? Um, well, uh, seeing as how I'm a musician, um, yeah, uh, I was, I'm, I was working on that, but I'm, I'm kind of, I wanted to remaster some of the tracks because I brought down some of them to be an, at an ambient level for the game. And I figured oh. if a soundtrack shouldn't be too ambient, but I, I probably shouldn't overthink it and just release it, but you I'm should. working on that. Oh, good. Because. Apparently Steam has changed their soundtrack thing now where you don't have to install the game to install or buy the soundtrack. You can just buy a soundtrack separately now, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So when you buy a soundtrack like that, do you get the MP3s so you can just stick them on your phone? So uh, what ends up happening is you get them you get them in a music folder. Mm-hmm. And and all the soundtracks you bought that get uh filtered into this music folder because they initially had been uh, put down as DLC. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but I mean, I'm not stuck that if I want to listen to this music, I have to fire it up in Steam. No, it's no, no, like it gets, no. It gets downloaded okay. to, your, to your computer. Yeah, okay. you, can da- you can download the, and, and a lot of them will c- come with multiple formats. Like you, a lot of them will come with MP3, OGG, FLAC, uh, for example. A lot of them come with multiple formats, so you can choose whichever one you want. Um. So yeah, apparently Steam is making it much easier to deal with soundtracks now, which is great because I love soundtracks. I would buy the soundtrack to this dude. You got to put it out there. <laughs> right. Well, I'll, I'm on it. Not today. Oh, hopefully sometime I mean, Probably not before the sale's <laughs> over on Friday. And, but, uh, well, you could, you could do the, the like ambient version as well. Like just Brian Eno it up. Just uh, <laughs> call it Moon. Or music to stare at far too accurate moons by. <laughs> oh dear lord! Well, yeah. Uh, I only have forty um, soundtracks through Steam. I thought I had more than that. I mean, I have a lot more than that in general, but I thought I had more through Steam. Anyway, uh, turns out so- I have fifty-eight. <laughs> oh wow! Got you beat there. You do. That, um, um, uh, wow. Not many. Well, I mean, in general, I have hundreds, but this is just through Steam. I have tons and tons. Oh, my God. I have so many soundtracks. I'm a soundtrack nut. Um, 
But uh, like all the X soundtracks are available today now for the X games. Crazy. Um, so yeah, all kinds of soundtracks you can buy right now, folks. Um, so folks, just a couple quick programming notes before we wrap up. Next week on the show, we are going to be welcoming on the developer of Astra Exodus, that um, Space 4X game that was just released by the folks at Slytherin and Matrix. Um, that is almost too much like Master of Orion 2. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Got to be going to be an interesting conversation. I didn't give it the best review. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I scheduled the guy before I played the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's next week. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow on the stream, uh, we're going to be trying this uh, survival game called Celestial. So that is at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning Pacific time. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot of great stuff coming up. So folks, I want to thank you so much for spending the time listening. Uh, and again, check out Titan Outpost. It is so far really great. I'm really enjoying it. Frank, thank you so much for coming on in the middle of your night. Cause damn. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really it's, appreciate uh, it's it. It's 2am now. If if I'm up at 2 a.m., there's a problem. That's how I look at it. If like if I'm up at 2 a.m., something is wrong and I'm going to the hospital. Because <laughs> I do not want to be up at 2 a.m. This is an ungodly hour <laughs> for me anyway. Uh, I'm more of a I can... late morning, early afternoon person myself. <laughs> can literally say it's Tuesday for me. Oh, dear. <laughs> no wait wednesday Sorry. it's wednesday right it's wednesday for you now it's oh yeah it's that's right tuesday Sorry, for us bad pun. you're in the future um <laughs> yeah frank thank you so much for joining us in the middle of your night and being flexible about it really appreciate it and folks don't forget the game is titan outpost it is on steam right now it is not in early access it is fully released and still getting a decent amount of patches and love from its developer so it's not one of those games that hits 1.0 and then you never hear from the developer again. Not one of those. Um, so if you like anything narrative, uh, uh, definitely check it out because so far the narrative is great. Uh, so folks, thank you so much for watching and listening and we'll see you uh, for the podcast next week for the stream tomorrow at 9 a.m. with Celestial. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.